0: Door service, where service is their specialty. Proud sponsor of this morning with Stacy Brotzel and Daryl McIntyre on six thirty chat. Good morning, coming up on 707 here on your Wednesday morning. Stacey and Daryl here with you. Morley will be back with sports here in a little bit. We were talking about the weather forecast and how, in general, nice the temperatures are. Certainly. Still gets down to below zero overnight. You know that winter, as it really starts to uh, approach, it's going to get ugly out there. And there are an awful lot of people who are, you know, living living the hardest of lives uh, Mm -hmm. without a home, out trying to, to... in a tent or some kind of a shelter and it can be a very very dangerous situation from the cold itself but also from even just trying to stay warm uh, a couple of tent fires on Saturday the police responded to uh, two people's lives lost uh, a woman believed to be in her 20s uh, a man about 54 years of age
1: yeah you look at minus four overnight and you're like that's pretty nice but we're not sleeping outside. We have a furnace, we have a home, and uh, it is cold, and it can get very cold. Uh, if you've been outside, you, you know, you, you get those chills, and you're like, okay, well, I'm just going to go in and have a shower. That's not something that's available to many people. Uh, Global spoke to a woman uh, living in a tent in central Edmonton, talking about how she uses a candle to try to generate some heat, and sometimes things go wrong. Look at it, it just broke like... It could just happen like that and it's really,
0: really scary open flame in a tent or yes. is any you know maybe there's cardboard around a shelter area. talk about flammable again flammable there's also carbon monoxide poisoning as some people try to use some kind of a heater within this kind of a situation it's a lot of danger
1: yeah you fall asleep with a candle um, we, we see how that uh, ended up even in homes so yeah. uh, let alone a, a tent so what do we do uh, what <laughs> that, that's a good question Jordan Reineker is the executive director of Boyle Street Community Services good morning Jordan
0: good morning That's that's the question. What do you do? What what do we do about this? I know that obviously, you know, homelessness has been a major issue. We've had encampments. What do we do?
2: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think over the last couple of years there's been a real focus on public safety but I think the group that has been left out of that conversation is uh, the community that is most at risk in our society which is those who are now being forced to sleep outside and I think the ultimate uh, question is like how do we create alternatives for people that are better than sleeping in a tent because that's kind of where people feel like they're the safest Um, so we've had some announcements about new shelter beds coming on that will help Uh, But ultimately, we need to provide housing for people. And I think what most Edmontonians don't always understand is we've seen a dramatic increase in the number of people experiencing homelessness. And that doesn't mean that there hasn't been good work, there hasn't been people being housed. Um, But there's just a lot of people entering homelessness these days. uh, And so the system can't keep up with the number of people. And so you have this overflow of people and the systems that are log jammed because of that. And so we haven't seen a corresponding increase in the resources related to uh, the number of people that we're seeing. So um, it, it is, there's a lot of things that work. There's a lot of solutions that we've been able to figure out. It's just about having some order of government take accountability for actually putting the resources in to, to fix the challenge.
1: Jordan, can you take me inside an encampment? Uh, what What is the setup? We see them on the street and, and some of them quite, can be quite large. Um, how are people living in these tents?
2: Yeah, I mean, you you had a good highlight of sort of how they try and stay warm, oftentimes. uh, There are, an encampment is as unique as the individuals that are out there, and um, some people are kind of alone and just trying to survive on their own. Uh, They'd rather be by themselves, maybe in the River Valley or something, Uh, and others where they're trying to survive as a bit of a community. It could be two, four, six people, potentially even more, um, that are really just trying to support each other, stay together, stay alive together and survive. And so um, they use all sorts of different techniques. And one of the challenges that presents itself is our our encampment response in the city has been basically just to move people around. Uh, we haven't provided alternatives for people. We haven't um, done anything in terms of real solutions uh, that get at the root cause of why people are there. We've just been moving people from one place to another. And when people move, all of the things that they had to survive on cold nights and things like that get moved with them and they have to sort of start from scratch again and so um, that's why we're seeing the numbers I, last week a, a group of us uh, in the sector announced that we have lost 118 people in uh, in just three months uh, which is a horrific number something we've never seen before and that the, there's more people who were lost in october than were lost in september and more people in september than august so the trend is not going in a positive direction uh, and so, um, so yeah, I think there are there are a lot of challenges, but there are solutions as well. I understand housing is, is the ultimate solution.
0: If you if you have housing that's well, not the ultimate, but a major solution, yep. shelters are 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 abandoned. They're they're basically an emergency response to try and protect mm-hmm. people. But why is it I keep hearing uh, people who would prefer to be in encampments because they don't want to go to the shelters, they don't feel comfortable. Many keep saying they don't feel safe. So more mm-hmm. shelter spaces. Uh, seems irrelevant if if the individuals don't feel safe to go there in the first place.
2: Yeah, I think people, very, you're, you're absolutely right about that. People do not feel safe going into shelters. I think the shelter system that we've um, invested in is a sort of mass congregate shelter where you have people sleeping on mats on the floor. There's up to 300 people potentially in a room. Uh, people often aren't safe in those environments and around those environments. Uh, And so, you know, to really get at the solution and to get to alternatives that people would actually accept and choose to go to uh, are things like private room shelters. So during the pandemic, we opened a bunch of hotels and people were able to get a place where they could lock the door, have that security Mm -hmm. of having a a safe place to sleep. And we had incredible outcomes from that. But all of the pandemic money went away and all of those hotels had to shut down. but those are the kinds of solutions where we were able to get people from encampments um, who were willing to go to those places because it was a place that they felt safe that they could actually get a good night's sleep, uh, get some nutrition and and then and then think about you know what would be best for them moving forward, whether that's going into treatment, whether that's getting into more of a permanent housing situation.
1: Is safety also the reason why we're seeing these tents pop up in places we've never seen them before. So these, this incident, uh, the two incidents of, of the fires happened in central Edmonton. But you're mm-hmm. seeing them, you know, out on 23rd uh, Avenue. Um, you're, you're seeing them, you know, I saw one by Westmount Mall where I had never seen mm-hmm. one before. Um, is it, uh, so it's spreading across the city in a, in, in a lot of neighborhoods. Are they trying to get away from something? And, and does that concern you that they're away and farther away from resources?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the, the reality is, is that all the resources that are out for people have been stretched so far, that people are figuring out how to survive on their own. Uh, and a lot of the resources, so we have teams that go out and try and connect with people uh, but you're absolutely right that people are spreading out. They're trying to get you know, to places that they aren't going to be harassed as much. Uh, they're trying to go to, and that is from like, harassment from other people who are trying to prey on them, gangs and things like that, but also uh, places they are less likely to have their encampment removed um, by, by the, the encampment response in our city. And so that's, that's what's spreading it out. And it's just also a, a sheer volume, like the number of people who are out there in encampments. Uh, has increased dramatically. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we're seeing it spread all over the place because it's just, it's literally a numbers situation where there's so many people that they have to spread out so they can find places that there's room for them.
1: So you say there are solutions,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but is it going to come quick enough? And are we even on the road?
2: I would say we are not on the road. You know, I, I think we were fairly disheartened by the response from all orders of government when we announced. 118 people have passed away. And I think it's important for Edmontonius to know, like those 118 people, over 80% of them passed away on the streets. So they weren't in hospital. They weren't in hospice. They, were, they died in an encampment or on the street in a public area. And, um, and so we're not on the road, in my view, to addressing the issue. Nobody's taking it seriously. And one of the challenges is that no order of government actually has accountability for this issue. So everybody can point the finger at somebody else um what we need as an immediate solution are places for people to go where they can be safe when it gets cold shelter is part of that Uh, but as you said daryl not everybody feels comfortable so we need warming places where people can just go if they need a warm-up uh we need more people out on the street checking on people making sure they're safe at all hours of the day and night we need edmontonians to you know check on people i think one of the, the biggest sort of issues right now is that there's been so much talk about public safety and people have equated homeless folks uh, with safety threats and so really you know this is strong language but it feels like they're the lepers of our society and so they're dehumanized they're continually pushed out and um, we need Eventonians to sort of begin offering kindness and acknowledging people as human uh, checking on people if they see somebody laying on a bench that looks like they're not doing well uh, if calling two one one, there's a, a distress line. If you see somebody in distress, you can call two one one to check on people. At this point, if government's not going to come to the table, we as a community have to come together to make sure people can be as safe as possible. Jordan, uh, well said. Let's uh, let's well, leave it there. Mm-hmm.
0: Let that resonate for a little while. Appreciate your time this morning. Thank you for having me. You bet. Jordan Reiniger is executive director of Boyle Street Community Services. There's a tough job as well, heading into, uh, into well, the coldest of times.
1: He's, he's not happy.
0: Well, it certainly didn't sound like it, did it? No. Well, frustrated. No. And, 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 and then well, you, see, you he, see what happens yeah? regularly, and uh, it seems like there's no end to it.
1: No. Uh, we're going to continue this conversation and uh, also a, c- a couple of other uh, things that we've been chatting about today after the break.
0: This Morning with Stacey Bratzel and Daryl McIntyre on 630 Chess, Supported by Abe's Door Service with 24-7 emergency service where you speak to an actual person. Visit abesdoor.ca.
1: 719 this Wednesday morning got this text message saying no one addresses the safety issue in shelters they talk about wanting single room shelters to be built and in the interim what are they doing to enhance safety and security with what we have now and we understand that there's there, there's issues with going to shelters, so you, you know, you're know you not going to be with your partner. You're going to have to be separated because uh, I think there is some co-ed uh, shelters, but mm. not a lot of co-ed shelters. Maybe you have a pet, and, and the shelter doesn't accept your pet. Or you have a shopping cart with absolutely everything that you own, and it is special to you. And you're not going to leave it out And you leave door. it outside? Uh, so... Yeah, there, there's some issues with, with people wanting to go into shelters, but uh, you could hear the frustration with the Boyle Street Executive Director uh, Jordan Reiniger, a little bit earlier, and it was something interesting that he said is that people equate homeless with fear, and so they, that, that that's that's the result of all of your your safety issues in the downtown core is is due to the homeless, and and he says that they're they're the lepers of this. of of this generation
0: you I think there's there's a difference and yet they can be one and the same between a homeless person somebody who's facing addiction issues somebody who's facing mental health issues in some cases all three are true some cases there aren't. I think there is still a public safety issue for someone who may have mental illness who is not able to interact with people. That can be exacerbated by drug abuse. So I think that you can go and help and have an open heart and an open mind. I think people might still want to be wary. And cautious. Then that cautious. That's not the same as turning a blind eye. No. Right? So...
1: I've had many interaction with the our city's homeless um, we went and served sandwiches um several times and they're so grateful and, and sometimes you hear their stories and they're incredible some of their stories
0: well that's the other thing it's not one group these no, are a whole bunch of individuals with their individual with, stories
1: with with the same brush I actually was on a, a business on White avenue and White Avenue they have a lot of broken windows like it's 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 a major issue on, mm-hmm. on that street. And so I was talking to the guy in there, and I'm like, can you put up like a plastic window so this doesn't happen again? He's like, well, you know, it doesn't look very nice. And so you want to attract people to, to come mm-hmm. in from the sidewalk and, and, and through their doors. If it's foggy and opaque, it's not that great. He says, but you know what? Everyone thought it was some homeless, drug-addicted guy that, uh, that smashed the window. He says, but we have security cameras. And it was a bunch of white teenagers that that, that smashed the window and came in. Or drunk,
0: rolling out of the bar and 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 just being ridiculous.
1: But you automatically go somewhere. And and maybe in other cases, it it certainly was somebody who was drug addicted who smashed the window. But in that case, they leapt to that conclusion, and it certainly wasn't the case. And yet we've still... You
0: you have also heard stories from folks in the Downtown Business Association Mm -hmm. area where they have had security problems with... And usually, again, it tends to be more of an addiction-related thing. But there are also people, and we've talked about that with the police chief many times, there are lots of people who like to prey on vulnerable individuals. So in some of these encampments and the larger Mm -hmm. ones, there are predators who are... They're they're working the, they're working whatever's there and they will they will be dangerous to those individuals. They're vulnerable as well.
1: Yeah, that, so. And I think that's why we're seeing encampments far away from the downtown core because they feel safe. Nobody's going to come and steal their stuff, and nobody's going to come beat them up.
0: Or perhaps they can hop transit and go downtown for the day, and then back home out into the suburbs.
1: Because, but, but you you know where that's where the the, the services are, or in the core, exactly. Yeah. So they have to be able to travel.
0: It is, and, and it is in so many ways a tough situation. But oh. uh, yeah, it, it's continuing to wring hands and uh, and and gnash teeth over it without action and actual purpose. It's it's a waste of time. You either do it or fix it or don't.
1: Well, I guess they're waiting for responses from the government yeah. because you know. Two people dying in tents trying to keep warm when we've had a really great winter so Mm -hmm. far, or or I guess late fall so far. What's going to happen when temperatures actually get really cold? cold